0: Welcome to Living Truth Radio, a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship, with Pastor Michael Lands. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. We are going to go back to the beginning, back to the Book of Genesis. If you're having problems locating the book, we'll have to talk. We are only going to look at Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, because it is so power-packed. I felt like um, we needed to go back to the beginning because of all that our culture is facing, all the moral questions on the landscape, all the wrestling with creation evolution, all the questions about marriage, all the, the questions about did Jesus speak to this subject, and what does the Bible really say, and... We're going to deal with that in the book of Genesis, and we're going to uh, take our time through it. Uh, my wife told me that uh, in teaching the book of Romans, it took a year to teach Romans. Romans has 16 chapters. Genesis has 50. So we'll be in Genesis till about 2021, the way I figure it, but that's all right. No, it won't take that long. So we're going to look at a message called, In the Beginning, as we go back to the beginning. Let's pray one more time. Father, Thank you for your word. It's a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our path. And these verses, perhaps the first words ever written in human history, are power-packed. A few sentences that speak volumes about who you are, what you made, the purpose of your creation, and how we fit in that, Lord. And there's great encouragement to know that you've had a plan from the beginning. And, and indeed, the church and the people... The individuals in it were part of that plan. And thank you that even from Genesis to Revelation, we see a connection that what was lost will be recovered. Sin and death will not have the final word. The curse will be reversed. The tree of life will reappear as you make new heavens and a new earth. Death will be no more. Thank you that the beginning can show us the way how to navigate the times that we're in and and assure us of where we're headed. How we need this clarity, Lord, in our culture and the church culture where there is so much confusion and compromise. Lord, we look to you right now and we ask that you would speak, add and take away from what I've prepared on paper so that you would guide us by your Holy Spirit and we'd have ears to hear what you would say to us. We love you. We worship you. We pray that you'll be pleased with what we do and be glorified in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's read the first two verses. In the beginning, if you're a baseball fan, in the big inning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Sometimes the best way to know Where you should be going is to go back to the beginning. That's what we're going to do. The book of Genesis is the foundation of the Bible, but it is also the foundation of the world. The first 11 chapters of Genesis are probably some of the more debated chapters in terms of people who want to spiritualize or allegorize the first 11 chapters of the Bible. Some people will say the 39 chapters after the first 11 are literal, with literal people like Abram and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and all that we will see in the rest of the book, but then they'll say the first 11 chapters are allegorical, or they're to be spiritualized, or they're not to be taken literally, so that maybe Noah was not a real person and Adam and Eve were not real people. That's part of what we deal with when we look at these subjects and when they're even debated in seminaries. But if you were to expunge the first 11 chapters of Genesis, what you would have is an incomprehensible rest of the Bible. In fact, the book of Genesis is quoted by New Testament authors and Jesus himself about 200 times. Genesis means origin or beginning. So whenever you hear the word Genesis, that's what it means. It's the beginning. That makes sense because the first words are in the beginning and these may be the first words that were ever written that could be debated but what we do know is that jewish scholars and christian scholars and even early church fathers agreed that the author of genesis was moses but how could moses write genesis if moses wasn't there well god may have directly dictated the book of Genesis to Moses. We don't know for sure, but we know Moses was up on the mount with God for 40 days and 40 nights. And we also know that God spoke to Moses face to face. We do know that the Pentateuch, which is known as the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, scholars agree, are all authored by Moses. Did Moses take some of the records of these people genealogies included, and put them together, directed by the Holy Spirit, much like Luke compiled a record in his book. Was the book directly dictated by God to Moses? We cannot say for sure. But this book uh, answers all the big questions of life. And what this book says right out of the gate is, in the beginning, God that's being debated now in our culture, but what, do, what scientists do admit now is that scientific laws are showing that the universe had a beginning. For a while, you know, there was a, a debate that maybe the universe was eternal and that it always existed and the, the parts and particles were here, but now science is saying, science is finally catching up to the Bible. That the universe had a beginning, and some of the most provable laws of science show that. And in fact, that's what the Bible itself says, that it had a beginning. We just read it. In the beginning, God created. There was a beginning, and God was there. He is the subject of the book of Genesis. When you realize the book of Genesis tells you about the origin of things and the originator of things, it tells you about the beginning and the beginner, If you understand Genesis, you will understand the meaning of life. Genesis is not just about facts, it is about meaning. To know that there's a God responsible for everything, including you and me. To know that he's a creative God. To know that he made, get this, six million forms of plants and animals that we acknowledge today. Ever seen a program on the life that's just under the sea? the colors, the variety. There are about 7 billion people on the planet. How many of them look exactly like you? Well, everybody says maybe you have one twin somewhere. We're all different, different voices, different gifts. Doesn't it blow your mind? Musicians blow my mind. How they can put music together and come up with these creative ideas. I'm a drummer, so I don't understand that. You know what they call a guy standing with a bunch of musicians? A drummer. That's why I don't understand it. Anyway, never mind. (laughs) But how people, uh, human beings, paint art, you know, part of what it means to be made in the image of God, you can think of the ability to love, you can think about the ability to think and reason, you can think about truth, but part of what I think it means to be made in God's image is to have creative abilities, Think of what man makes. Think of buildings and uh, these ideas that come down the pike, computers and that kind of thing. Those all reflect something of God's nature that he has poured into us. All this variety. Think of uh, reproduction. Think of pollinization. Think of the different plants and uh, the, the stars and the moon. That, these are not accidents, folks. There's a divine design behind all of it. In fact, Genesis 1-1 doesn't even try to prove God's existence. It just says, in the beginning, God did what? He created because the creation is proof of his existence. Amen? If you have a creation, you have a creator. You're in a building right now. You don't believe this building evolved. You can look around and see design in it. If I told you out of the primordial soup 20 billion years ago, this building just kind of bubbled out of the earth and things just flew into place, you would think I was a nut. See, it shows design. And people who build buildings were designed by the ultimate architect. In fact, if you were to take the Septuagint words, NRK, uh, the Greek way of uh, rendering this, it has the idea of architect. That's what God is. God, God breathed all this stuff into the system, all the variety, all the, the body parts. Think of things involuntarily right now that your body is doing, blinking. Your eyes are getting uh, moisturized. Your heart is pumping blood through your body. You don't even have to think about it. All these miracles that God has done that we take for granted, this is our God. In the beginning, God. Do you believe that? You know, in an age of scientific enlightenment, that's the most scientific thing you could say because the evidence is overwhelming for a creator and evolutionary theory is bankrupt. They've got nothing, folks. The best they can do is try to reach back to some bird that they think looks like, uh, you know, has fish parts to try to prove something. Look, the evidence is all around you. In fact, Romans 1:20 says that just by the creation alone, God's eternal attributes are clearly seen by what is made, so that man is without excuse. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, this is Psalm 19, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. There is no uh, area of the world where their voice is not heard. In fact, human beings, day and night, are being bombarded with the evidence that there is a God. It's all around us. It's the people that you pass by that we can easily just ignore the majesty of the creation of the eye, the ability to smell and taste. It's it's amazing what God has done, that we can so easily take things for granted. But this is the God who made us, and these few verses speak volumes about who he is. The first five books of Moses are called the Pentateuch, and... um, they, as I mentioned, Mosaic authorship or the, the, Moses being the author, I want you to look in Matthew. Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. I want to show you how Jesus quoted from Genesis in this same section, Matthew 19. We will get to the, uh, some of the debates in our culture. We'll talk about some of the creation evolution stuff. We'll talk about marriage and the family. Jesus says these words. This is Matthew 19. He's approached by the Pharisees in verse 3. They came to him, testing him, saying, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any cause at all? Matthew 19, verse 4. In these two verses, Jesus will quote from Genesis twice. He answered, Matthew 19, verse uh, Jesus speaking. Jesus answered and said, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? Verse 5, Matthew 19. And said, for this cause, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. I've quoted this, I can't tell you how many times at weddings. Consequently, there are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man ever separate. Just in a few verses, 19, 4 and 5, Jesus quotes from Genesis 1.27 and Genesis 2.24, Did Jesus believe in Genesis? Of course he did. Did Jesus believe in Mosaic authorship? Well, there's some indications that he affirmed that. Go to Luke, just a few pages to the right. Luke 24, Jesus is on the road to Emmaus. He's just risen from the dead. He's met a couple of uh, downtrodden disciples. And uh, Luke records these words. And beginning, this is Luke 24, 27, with Moses and with all the prophets Jesus explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. Look at Luke 24:44. Now he said to them, these are my words, which I spoke to you while I was still with you. Luke 24:44. That all things which are written about me in the, I want you to see this threefold division of the Old Testament. In the law of Moses, that would be the first five books. And the prophets, you can think of the major and minor prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Jesus attributes the early writings to Moses, the law of Moses, we sometimes call the Pentateuch or the Torah, the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. If you go to John, the next book to you, right, John 5. When you read John, it's one of the great evidences that Jesus is God. Many deity passages in the book of John. And Jesus is often found in some sort of debate or confrontation with the Jewish leaders. In John 5.45, Jesus says, Do not think I will accuse you before the Father. The one who accuses you is Moses, in whom you have set your hope. John 5.46 For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he, what? He wrote of me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? Jesus Christ talks about Moses authoring Old Testament books. As you turn back to the uh, book of Genesis, i want to give you some things that we're going to tackle in the book of Genesis. A lot of them are words that start with F. We will look at the framer, the origin of life. You can go back and get the recording or listen to this again. We will look at the family in the book of Genesis. We will look at the fall. We will look at the flood. We will look at the jealousy of Cain and the folly of man, both in pre-flood and post-flood. Pre-flood, the man's uh, thoughts were continuously evil. Post-flood, man tries to build the Tower of Babel. We will look at the fathers, starting with Abram and then Isaac and Jacob. The faithful ones, the ones who were to walk in their footsteps. We will see the gospel in Genesis 3.15 and Genesis 22. We will even see a connection to the book of Revelation. In fact, the book of Revelation connects to Genesis because in Genesis 3, we have a curse in Genesis two, we have a tree of life, and in Genesis uh, Revelation twenty two one through five, the tree of life reappears in the new heavens and new earth. And in Revelation twenty two one through five, the Bible says the curse is no more. The curse will be reversed in the new heavens and the new earth, and sin. And death and Satan have no power ultimately to thwart God's plan. What God intended in Genesis and the Garden of Eden, the tree of life and fellowship directly with God, seeing him walking in the cool of the garden will be realized in Revelation. Nothing can defeat God's plan. Do you believe that? The curse will be reversed. The Bible says we will see his face and God himself will wipe away every tear from all faces. Praise God. There's a connection, amen. You can clap for that one. Between Genesis and Revelation. That was weak. If you're going to clap, you might as well. (laughs) Thank you. Praise the Lord. When I consider your heavens, David writes, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you take thought of him? Or the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than God. You've crowned him with glory and majesty. Thou dost make him to rule over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, all the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, the fish of the sea, whatever passes through the paths of the seas. O oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Man, when I look up and I think of the fact that the Bible tells me that of all that God made, the jewel of his creation, get this, is you. You. You are the one made in his image. You are the one who he's preparing a place for. And he's coming again to rescue his church. This is our creator. This is the beginner and the beginning. And what is even more incredible about the biblical record is that the Bible teaches us that the creator is Jesus. I want you to turn to John chapter 1. You're going to see an allusion between John 1 and Genesis 1, they both start the same way in the beginning. If you've done any kind of of apologetics work or debates with our friends and Jehovah's Witnesses, John 1.1 has come up. And John 1.1 is a power-packed verse. And it says this, In the beginning, if you've never uh, written this before, John is directly alluding to Genesis 1.1, so you should just write Genesis 1.1 right there in your Bible. In the beginning was the Word. Now we know from John 1.14 that the Word is Jesus because it says, and the Word became flesh and tabernacled or dwelt among us and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now look at John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning, direct allusion to Genesis 1.1, 1, 1, affirming that there was a beginning was the Word. That's Jesus we know from verse 14. And the Word was with God and the Word... Was God? He, keep reading, was in the beginning with God. All things came into being by him. Jesus is the subject. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. Brothers and sisters, the one who died for you on the cross, the one who was born on that Bethlehem night, the one who lived the perfect life that you could never live, the one who died on the cross and rose from the dead in the very history in which we live, is the creator of the sun, moon, and stars. In fact, the Bible says without him, there would not be one thing. You and I and the universe in which we live would not exist unless Jesus Christ decided to make it. That is pretty phenomenal. Uh, I was playing golf one day and I tried to engage this guy in uh, a conversation about the Lord and I said, do you believe in God? And he goes, well, I'm not sure. I'm kind of an agnostic. And I said, well, what do you make of all the creation that you see around you? And he said, boy, that's that's a hard one. It sure does look like there's a designer behind it. And I said, did you know that the Bible teaches that the one who made all of this is Jesus? The one that we sing about at Christmas, the one that we talk about died on the cross is the one who made all of this, including you. It kind of, he was a little staggered by what I said. Because I don't think people often make the connection. But that's what the Bible teaches. If you go to Colossians 1, go to your right. If you're interested, John 1, Colossians 1, Hebrews 1, and Revelation 1 all say that Jesus is the creator. John 1, Colossians 1, Hebrews 1, and Revelation 1. But for our purposes, we'll go to Colossians 1 for a second. Just keep going to your right, you'll get there. Colossians chapter 1. And I want to read something that Solomon said. At the end of his book, Ecclesiastes, he said, Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth before the evil days come. And the years draw near when you will say, I have no delight in them. Before the sun, the light, the moon, and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain. The Bible encourages us from the wisest man that ever lived, except for Jesus Christ, to remember your Creator when you're young. What kind of attack have our young people had come at them in regard to the Creator? Well, we know what's happening right now. In most public schools, they're not taught anything about the possibility of a Creator, but they're taught that they just evolved from some sort of substance eons ago. But the Bible teaches us just the opposite. In fact, it says Jesus is the Creator. Look at verse 15 of Colossians 1. It says, He, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn of all creation. Now our Jehovah's Witness friends love to jump on that because they say firstborn means just what it says. Firstborn, the first one born. The, they write in their materials, the first one born to Pharaoh is called, called the firstborn. The first one born to any family is called the firstborn. Therefore, Jesus was the first one born, the first product of Yahweh, created directly by Jehovah, they would say. But that's interesting because Colossians 1.15, that they're always talking about, doesn't say that he's the firstborn of Jehovah. It says he's the firstborn of what? All creation. That's rather interesting because that would mean, if their argument, if you take it to its logical conclusion, it would mean that Jesus is the firstborn birthed by creation. But the passage is teaching just the opposite. The passage is teaching that Jesus birthed creation, not that creation birthed Jesus. Everybody with me? Do your heads hurt a little bit? It's all right. Keep reading. It's very clear when you look at a verse just taken in its context. For by him, Jesus, how many? All things were created both in the heavens and the earth. Look at what he made. Visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created by him and they are, notice, for him, he is before all things, Colossians 1.17, and in him, all things hold together. He's not only the creator, he's the sustainer of the universe. The only reason it doesn't fall apart, according to the Bible, is Jesus Christ and his power. He holds it all together, and he keeps me personally from falling apart. How about you? You see, to know my creator has made sense of everything in my life. Doesn't it make sense that if Somebody created you to know him would be the most important thing you could ever do with your life. Make sense? I mean, it's only logical. If he made you, then life wouldn't make sense until you know this creator. Well, we are excited to be moving on Living Truth Radio to the book of Genesis. And the book of Genesis is an incredible book. You know, you think about the first 11 chapters of the book of Genesis and you have creation, you have the fall, you have the flood, you have the Tower of Babel. As the book of Genesis unfolds, you have the story of Abram, called out of a life of idolatry, called to the living God, called to be the beginner of a nation. God was the beginner, but Abram became the channel. His name was changed, and from his family would come Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. The twelve tribes of Israel and then the book of Genesis uh, turns to the story of Joseph an incredible story really about chapter 37 on to the end of the book and we're familiar with the fact that the book starts in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth but there's a verse that really is a excellent um theme verse for Genesis and it's Genesis 50 verse 20. When you come to the end of the book of genesis you see that there's a a beautiful um call it the old testament romans 828 where joseph says and as for you you meant evil against me but god meant it for good in order to bring about this present result and preserve many people alive as we take this journey through the book of genesis i think you're going to find incredible information about the beginner, God, uh, the creation, the fall, the flood, the Tower of Babel, the story of Israel. But you're also going to see behind it all the story of a God who is the beginner, He is the middle, and He is the end. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. In Hebrew, He is the Aleph Tab. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast. Living Truth Radio is a listener supported ministry, and we have an opportunity to expand our reach. We exist to build up believers and reach out with the gospel to others. And we need you, our listening family, to partner with us in prayer and in giving in order to do that. You can give in a couple different ways. One way is to go online to livingtruthradio.org, or you can send in your offering to Living Truth Christian Fellowship 1009 Arsenal Way, Corona, California. You can partner with us by donating at livingtruthradio.org.